It's Talking Football with Vince Tracy and Rob Daniels. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome. It is very uh, nice up in the mountains, well above Benidorm. We are uh, beautiful sunshine, no wind. We have uh, just a very nice day. Let's go down to the frozen wastes down at San Juan and find out whether Rob has got the same sort of weather and whether he's well. So, first of all, Rob, are you there and are you well? Yeah, hi, Vince. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. It's uh, it's a beautiful day down here as well. I'm just looking out now at the park and it's a beautiful sunny day. It, I, I really enjoy the month of May in Spain, uh, in this area of Spain at least. It's not too hot. You can enjoy it. You can go out and you can enjoy yourself. It's not the searing heat that we get in July and August. It, it's looking beautiful out there. Good. OK. Well, now then, we're going to start today with a very strange uh, and sad memory. Uh, it's going through the courts at the moment, so we won't go deeply into this. We just acknowledge that um, we had a footballer who played for several clubs, who I'm sure you'll out identify uh, what the clubs were, and his name, Dalian Atkinson. I don't know that uh, first name. I've never heard that before. Um, although I did remember the case once the um, TV programming got into it. So, um, Dalian Atkinson, a very tragic case. Tell us about it, Rob. Yes, it is a very tragic case all around, Vince, actually. But uh, Dalian Atkinson was um, a, a professional footballer. He was uh, 183 tall, six foot tall. And he was broad with it as well. Uh, he was born uh, in March um, 1968 and unfortunately he died on the 15th of August um, 2016, aged 48 years old. He started with Ipswich Town, then he went on to Sheffield Wednesday. Then he went on to my team, La Real Sociedad, um, in the 1990-1991 season when Real Sociedad had just changed their rules to allow foreign players to play. Um, because Athletic Bilbao were poaching all the best players, etc. And he played alongside um, your mate, uh, John Aldridge, and also the Jordy Kevin Richardson. Richardson. They were, he was the first black player to play for Real Sociedad, and in uh, 29 matches he scored 12 goals. He's very well known in Spain, uh, possibly better um, than he was known in the UK. He was nicknamed by Chiparon, which roughly translates as Baby Squid. It was an affectionate name because he was still very young when he played down here. Um, I was fortunate enough to see him play um, on several occasions when he was playing for Real Sociedad. However, um, after he retired from playing football, he he was known to suffer from heart and kidney problems and also from some mental health issues. Um, and what happened on the 15th of August 2016 is that he was um, in front of his father's house and for some reason the police were called and the police patrol that arrived found him in an agitated state and covered in blood. Now, this was his own blood because he was on a kidney dialysis machine and he pulled the tube out of his shoulder, but the, the, the two police officers who arrived 
didn't know that it was his own blood. So they found um, a, a, a man in a very agitated state, covered in blood, and reacted in the way that police officers are supposed to react, I imagine, that they tried to taser him with one of these taser machines, one of these taser guns, three times. The first two times it didn't work. And Delian was getting more and more agitated um, as the, the, the proceedings went on. And the third time that they went on him for 33 seconds instead of the regulation five seconds, which is supposed to render the suspects immobile so that they can bring the situation under control. But it was it was obviously very, a very frightening situation for everybody involved. But unfortunately, Dalian um, Atkinson died of a cardiac arrest on his way to hospital. Now, the upshot of this incident is that the uh, IPCC, which is the Independent Police Complaints Commission, like uh, the IC12 on line of duty, it's the police investigating the police. They decided that the officer in charge should be charged with murder. And uh, his companion, the female PC who was with him, should be charged with uh, assault causing actual bodily harm, which are very serious charges. Um, it, it, it's said that the officer who actually pulled the taser kicked him in the head, kicked Dalian in the head after he fell on the floor because forensics people found that they had boot lace marks on his face. Um, this, this, it should have come to trial in September of 2020, but because of the um, COVID situation, it has only started. It started um, this Monday, 4th of May, 2021. It's a very tragic story for all involved. Um, unfortunately, uh, Dalian Atkinson lost his life. We can't make judgments. That, that is down to the um, the judges and, and the experts to make, but we just have to report what's happening. It's a, ve it's a very sad situation all around. Yeah, I, I think you, you've taken the right um, angle, which is basically tell us what's in the report, because I've read the same. Um, I think we probably would be best not to go any further with this, but talk in a general sense in the respect that this is um, a story of a, a footballer and his career and his very, very sad end. Um, the, there are lots of implications for other people to read into this. From our point of view of what we do with the podcast is basically we look at the way football has its eminence in society and how interested uh, other people will be in this. And of course, this now goes into the context of a lot of very horrible things which people are seeing, reading about and understanding uh, maybe just parts of it. And of course, um, for anybody who has to get called into any emergency situation, it's a very horrible thing uh, to have to go and do as part of a daily job. Um, the thing that seems to be a little bit more um, worrying is that there seem to be a background to uh, this that obviously has got to go through the courts. It will come out and other people will read it. So I think if we just say he was a great um, player, uh, we can't really say too much about 
um, the man himself, because I, I think I'm right in saying neither of us know him. I certainly don't. Um, but I, 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 I was fortunate enough to watch him play a few times, um, but obviously I, I never met him personally. But um, yes, we, we can only um, comment on, on 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 the situation, can't we? We can't we we we, we can't make judgments about it. And uh, well, we'll we'll. we'll We'll keep up to date with the situation yeah. as it pans out. I mean, from what we from what we know, it is a very tragic story, and um, obviously, our best wishes must go to his family and friends, and um, all those people that are involved in that will be watching uh, with interest. Let's go to happier stories now, because basically, um, the Champions League semi-finals have been taking place, and um, the first game, of course when um, Manchester City played against um, PSG, I think you could see the championship uh, potential in Manchester City. I thought they were just sublime in some of the the movement. They were playing a great team. Let's not forget PSG have got some great names, Neymar, Mbappe and people like that in it. Um, but I thought they did look worthy champions. So... From what I've seen, um, we've got another one to talk about in a minute, but I certainly think Manchester City, if they are crowned uh, champions of Europe, they will grace the uh, footballing stage once again. Uh, your thoughts on the game and the result? Well, yes, uh, Man City win it 2-0. Um, at home, they, they went in with an advantage from the first game as well. Um they played absolutely brilliant football, didn't they? Um, let's face it, Man City at the moment, uh, in my opinion, are probably one of the, what, the best team in the world, possibly. They, they, when they play together, they play absolutely excellent football. It's a joy to watch. And they seem to be enjoying their own football as well. Um, uh, yeah, that, so it's the final is Man City against Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah, well now coming to the second game which was being played last night and uh, Chelsea of course uh, were the visitors uh, the first game and got the away goal then they were hosting Real Madrid now even though I probably am not a Real Madrid biggest supporter because it's a Spanish team and because we live here and because basically I've got really less affinity for Chelsea, although I really have a lot of sympathy with the manager who started this team, I think Tuchel has done a great job. They did look a very, very good team last night, but I did think Real Madrid also looked good. I thought, uh, yes, um, you, you could see that there was a wonderful and a miraculous recovery for Sergio Ramos, who uh, had gone missing for the Liverpool game. Um, but, I mean, you know, that that was my suspicion. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the game? And I think um, you'll agree with me that Chelsea will be another great team to watch in the final. Well, indeed, Vince. I mean, um, the match last night against uh, Real Madrid, they went in basically evens, didn't they? It was, it was a one-all drop um, in the first match. And... I think Chelsea last night played really, really well. Um, both teams played well, but Chelsea got the two goals, which were necessary to get them into the final. It, it could have been five or six um, for Chelsea, basically, because 
I, I think they played as the better team. Now, and, and, they, and they got through. The interesting thing, or one of the interesting things is the final is in Istanbul on the 26th of May um, in a couple of weeks' time, which would have been my late father's birthday. They, they always play a Champions League final round about that date. But um, because of the COVID situation, Turkey has just gone into a lockdown and they are, they're looking to try and change venue because it's two Premier League teams playing against each other and fans are supposed to be allowed in, a certain amount of fans. And at the moment, they, they're trying to see if they can reschedule it somewhere else. Um, Wembley is impossible because they've, they've got the championship playoffs and things like that. Um, a possible venue is Villa Park um, because it's a neutral venue and um, they could possibly play there. But there's many contractual issues and all sorts of problems, so we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, so you see two Premier um, Premier League teams in the final tonight. We've got um, we've got Man U playing in the semi-final of the Europa League, and also against Roma. And we've also got Arsenal playing um, the second leg of the Europa League final against Villarreal. So with a bit of luck. As you know, I'm not a big Man U fan, but with a bit of luck, we'll have all four teams playing the finals in the in the Champions League and also the Europa League. Okay, well, look, I think you know if we've had all these difficult problems and times uh, with the COVID, and if we are look, looking at whether or not people are genuinely trying to look after people, it would make absolutely no sense whatsoever for two English teams to go to Turkey um, when they've had such a severe problem with uh, their own health issues. Uh, it, it would be nonsensical. I think this is a case, clear-cut case, of whether UEFA show their true colours. How do you feel? Um... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Vince. Um, the Champions League final from last season, which obviously was postponed due to uh, COVID-19, um, should have been played in Istanbul, but they actually played it in Lisbon, in, in Portugal, because Portugal was considered to be a safer country to play it in. Um, if you've got two teams from the same country, in this case, the two teams from the English Premier League, playing in the Champions League final, the logical idea would be to find a venue in England, or possibly, they're also talking about um, that stadium in Cardiff, the uh, Millennium Stadium in Cardiff as a possible venue. Yeah. But, but, to, yeah, but to travel to Turkey, um, with no disrespect to Turkey in any, in any way, it, it, it just seems completely illogical, doesn't it? Well, not only illogical, but you see... Um, I, I have my own reasons why I think this agenda of playing things in Turkey and in Qatar and these other countries, I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. I'm pretty, pretty sure you'd agree with that. If health is the issue, it's got to be switched to a safer venue. Um, Rob, let's go to the fact that uh, we had a 
a pitch and a stadium invasion in Manchester last week. Uh, Liverpool would have been playing Manchester United and um, the police um, didn't seem to be very, very visible. And the, the fans were able to invade a stadium, uh, which I would believe is not the easiest thing to do in a general sense. It gives me the insight that possibly somebody has helped them to do it. That was my feeling. Um, I thought it was disgraceful, totally and outrageously wrong, because a young policeman, whether we like the fact or not, no person deserves to go out, kiss his wife and kids goodbye and come back with, you know, a horrific injury like that over something uh, like this. Although we do feel strongly about it, let's put priorities back in their proper place. People's lives are more important um, and the way we do things has got to be addressed. That's my feelings. Over to you. Yes, well, uh, unfortunately, last Sunday, um, 2nd of May, it, it was due to be the Man United Liverpool match, wasn't it? And um, we spoke about it last week in the podcast. We were all looking forward to it. Um, but approximately a thousand Man United supporters gathered outside Old Trafford to to make a protest against the continued ownership of the club by the American Glazer family, who've, who've owned the club since uh, tw- 2005. Somehow, about a, a hundred of them managed to break in. Um, to Old Trafford and um, invaded the pitch before the match was due to start but they invaded the pitch and there was very little police presence because uh, they weren't expecting a crowd and unfortunately a young police officer um, got slashed in the face with a broken bottle Um, that that is totally out of order Um, a, a peaceful process or protest, fair enough. But um, to do what they did, the, the ones that managed to get into the stadium, um, it, it, it is completely out of our isn't it, Vince? But let's face it, the, these people have been locked down in their own homes for the last year, like we all have. And as we've spoken about before, um, football is a very broad church, isn't it? We, we, people like ourselves and Eric, um, we, we are football fans, but we're not hooligans. But there, there's still the hooligan element, and it was the hooligan element that actually caused all the problems, smashing things up, attacking policemen. I mean, that's anarchy, and we, can, we can't be having that, can we? Well, I think that um, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It is anarchy, And I think the trouble is, uh, back in the 80s, football was used as a platform for anarchical behaviour. And this is where we are headed again by the looks of things, because um, there is nothing, nothing in my book that um, legislates for somebody's life being threatened, uh, no matter what lockdowns have taken place, no matter what uh, English... Uh, or sorry, European Super League plans were laid. Um, uh, uh, the 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 bottom line is you can clearly see that a sensible majority are being hijacked again by a thugged and th- uh, just 
out, outlaw gang of people who are committed to this uh, woke and everything else business. And I think they'll just jump on board and spoil everything. I have a, a, a Manchester United friend who was surprised that I hadn't picked up over the social media that this was quite well planned. It was already planned and hinted at before the event. So just as um, we don't hear too much about the Manchester United, um, uh, sorry, the uh, Real Madrid bus being thrown uh, bricks and things at the windows um, when the, the Champions League semi-finals were taking place. Um, there are things that are, are hidden in the press and I think this one is going to go a little bit underground because it's pretty obvious that Manchester United have to be deducted points. Now, I don't say that as a Liverpool fan because I don't think really it's going to do Liverpool any good. I just think that... Um, Manchester United have got to, they've got to put their own house in order because if they allow people into their stadium, um, you can always say that, you know, it was planned and they didn't know that it was happening, but they must have expected something. It was already, we knew there were hints, but I hadn't heard what my friend who's a Manchester United fan tells me he'd heard, um, but it's not good enough. Uh, you've got to control your fans. Other teams have been penalised heavily for such incidents. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as the follow-up to this. Oh, it will be, yes. Um, it, in fact, Vince, it's, it's the first time I have actually felt um, sorry for normal Man United supporters because, as you know, Leeds and Man United, we don't get on. But um, it, it's not a major issue. But the, the, the normal Man U supporter, um, th th there were a lot of people ringing into um, the 606 programme on uh, Radio 5 Live on Sunday evening. Um, they, they are likely to suffer sanctions, Manchester United, um, get points deducted, possibly a massive fine. The, the Glazer family can afford a massive fine. But it, again, it's going to be the supporters, the normal supporters, who are going to suffer and yeah it, it, it's a very bad situation all around it still hasn't been decided but there is very likely to be um points deducted from manio isn't there okay look uh, because of the time pressures let's quickly look at the issues that now come into play you've got manchester united i think they're playing three games in something like six days um, Liverpool also, I think five days, I think, is the Manchester United. Um, so, I mean, how can you expect teams to operate like this? By all means, we can all turn around and say it's been a ridiculous season, but there will be some teams that are now less likely to be able to prosper because of this uh, backlog of fixtures and you can't expect people to play at that level. There will be, no, I would imagine, there will be more injuries. Well, uh, yes, they still haven't, as far as, as far as I'm aware at the moment, Vince, they still haven't been able to rearrange the Man United Liverpool match. They are talking about um, having it possibly over the weekend when the Champions League final is being held. No, it, it, it is. It's re rearranged. It's the 13th. 
So Manchester United. Oh, is it? Oh, he's, he's, he's been for, for next Thursday. Yeah, Manchester United play Aston Villa on the ninth, Leicester on the eleventh, and Liverpool on the thirteenth. So uh, and then Liverpool play Southampton on the eighth, Man United on the thirteenth, West Brom on the sixteenth. Now look, I'm the biggest uh, critic of these players being uh, protected far too much, but I think two games a week is. Okay, you can manage that. I don't really understand that this sort of fixture congestion being acceptable because we're not talking about robots. There is bodily harm being done to some of these players, as many of the teams have seen this year. Um, Look, we've got to quickly move on because we need to look at uh, a couple of other issues before we go to the... um, uh, the Premiership review and pre- predictions. Uh, we've got your Rob Daniels La Liga roundup coming along, and it's looking very, very interesting. Tell us what's going on. Oh, La Liga at the moment, Vince, it is very, very uh, exciting. Um, at the moment, we've still got Athletic at the top, but um, in second place, they're all on 34 matches. Uh, Atletico Madrid have got 76 points. Real Madrid in second have got 74 points, and so have Barcelona. But as we've spoken about before, uh, the system in in La Liga is different to the Premier League. Um, Real Madrid or Barcelona have got a a lot better goal difference than uh, Real Madrid. Barcelona have 47 goals in front and Real Madrid 34 goals in front. So if it was in the Premier League, Barcelona will be in second place. But the way that the system works in Spain is that it is the head-to-head matches which count before goal difference. And Real Madrid beat Barcelona away um, 1-3 in the new Camp earlier in the season. And again, they beat Barcelona um, playing at home 2-1 in April. So therefore, um, Real Madrid are above Barcelona. Sevilla, who were also in with a chance, still are in with a chance, but they um, let themselves down by losing at home, by playing a really bad match. I mean, there's there's, there's no form at all, really. Um, it's, it's, it's all up for grabs. But down at the bottom, which is also extremely interesting at the moment in uh, La Liga, all played 34 matches. We've got Ibar, at the bottom on 26 points. Then we've got Elche, the local team from Alicante province on 30. Wesker on 30. Valladolid on 31. Uh, Alaves on 31. And Getafe on 34. Valencia, 14th position on 36. Now, with, they've got four matches left to play. Any one of those teams could go down. It's not like the Premier League where already Sheffield United have gone. It, it is very, very, very tight down at the bottom. It's very, very tight at the top. It's a really interesting um, end to the season. OK, now I picked up a couple of things with um, Messi and he's now on 644 goals, beaten the great Pele. That, that's 60, 644 goals for just one club, isn't it? Yes, he's um, he's breaking records left, right, and centre. He got two goals in the other day, actually, when uh, Barcelona Barcelona won away against Valencia. They won two, um, three, two, two, three. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was 2-3 against Valencia. And Messi got two goals in uh, in that match. He just continues to uh, knock them in, doesn't he? Um, he's astonishing. and um... oh, he's, he's fantastic, isn't he? We, we've, been, we've been speaking about Messi since he first started his, his career, haven't we? So, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, fan, uh, he's fantastic and um, he still keeps going, so uh, good on him. Yeah, and uh, his boots go up for sale for charity, which I think uh, will be a, a great sum of money for one of the, I think it's the children's charities that he wants to, to donate the money to. Um, but that game you mentioned saw the demise of the Valencian coach. It's written as Gracia, not Garcia. Would that be right? Um, in the yeah, paper. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Gracia is a, uh, a Spanish surname, yeah. So we won't be giving any thanks then. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, he'll, be, <laughs> he'll be quickly forgotten about. Uh, hopefully, he'll get on all right. But the, the Valencia have had a, a really bad season uh, as far as Valencia uh, standards go. And um, well, let's hope they get better. Just on a, a another issue to do with Valencia. Um, we did report on this a few weeks back and it's basically um, interference again at management and directorship level and it would appear that uh, the daughter of, I think it might even be his daughter, uh, was using social media which was annoying some of the players I was reading about that. Um, and in the background, of course, we've still got this stadium, which is up near um, where one of my sons lives. And um, it, it looks as if it could be a wonderful stadium. And it's been empty, lying fallow for years on end, uh, basically because of a bit of shenanigans between uh, your builders down at Hercules and um, the owners of Valencia. I mean... You know, who takes responsibility for these things? You've got a wonderful stadium. It's looking more like um, a Roman, I won't say Roman ruins, because basically it's not that it's ruined. It's just basically it's not completed. But it's such a shame. If they move to that part of the city, I think the, the whole area would breathe again and we could sort of really expect everybody to feel a lot happier having football in a new stadium, in a vibrant city, and uh, less of the problems of directorship, ownership, etc., etc. Uh, any news or any thoughts on that one? Well, um, the the owner of Lindsay Football Club is um, an Asian guy. His surname is, is Lim, and his daughter is called Kim Lim. And she is very um, well known on social media. She is she's she's very attractive, but she is also very outspoken. And yeah, she she has been stirring up um, problems because these days it's all what they call they call them influencers. Is yeah. it, is that what they call exactly on social media? Yeah. Um, I say, as, as, as you know, Vince, we, we, we are not particularly into social media, but they're called influencers. And yeah, she, she um, well, self promotion has been getting involved in all sorts of arguments about uh, Valencia Football Club. And she probably doesn't know the first thing about football. Um, as far as the um, stadium, abandoned new stadium goes, that is a pity. Um, as you see around a lot of um, urban areas in Spain, building projects that were started have stopped and they, they, they just basically go to ruin. You, you, you can't go in after several years 
and and you've got to build them from scratch again, basically, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so what's happening with Lens's new stadium? I'm not really sure about, but the way that it stands at the moment, as you say, it's an eyesore, isn't it? Well, it is, and the thing is, it, it you know the city for those that have, have never visited Valencia, it's a very lovely city, very bright, vibrant. There's lovely areas to it, but of course there are other areas which are maybe not quite the same. But please, if you're listening to this podcast and eventually you get the chance to visit Valencia, do yourself a favour. It's a fabulous place to go and visit. Um, but the issue now is with a. Um, ownership of a stadium which could be another ju- a crown jewel in the uh, in the in the experience of uh, Valencia. Um, the older stadium is in sort of not the best of situations, probably well due for uh, a move. But um, yeah, that's what I see. Um, last thoughts on that one for you, and then we'll go to the Premiership review. Right, Vince. Well, in that case, I would promote Valencia as well as a city um, because it is a really beautiful place. Um, I would recommend anybody that gets a chance to go there to visit and also um, go to a place that's called Benin Maclet, which is on the outskirts of Valencia but still classed as part of Valencia City. Um, I've got some really good friends who live there and it is absolutely um, it's, 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 it's a beautiful place. I, I would highly recommend it. Football-wise, um, the people who live um, in Benimaclet generally support Levante, which is the other team from Valencia, which is the team that uh, often plays at Lanusia, where you lived, isn't it, Vince? It is indeed, and but, it was great uh, to see them. is an excellent city. I'd recommend it to anybody. OK, well, let's go now to uh, the 1st of May and, uh, well, Friday the 30th, if you can remember that far back. Uh, Southampton were playing Leicester. I thought it would be a draw. You thought that Leicester would win. Leicester did win and um, quite rightly so. Uh, they, look, they look the business, don't they, at the moment? Oh, yes, Leicester look very serious, don't they? Um, and they play good football. Southampton have got nothing to lose one way or the other, really. Um, they're, they're further down the bottom of the table. They're not going to get get relegated. And Leicester look very serious on getting that Champions League place. So, yeah, um, Leicester deserve to win. OK, uh, we'll go to um, the 1st of May and there were several games. First of all, we had Crystal Palace against Man City. I thought they'd win, uh, Man City that is, about 3-0. You thought they'd win about 3-1. We both got this one right. Um, They looked imperious. They just looked great. They're a great team to watch. And, uh, you know, they might just get three of those four trophies they were looking for. What did you think of that particular game? Well, in this this game, Man City could have been crowned um, Premier League champions. If they beat Palace, which they did, and then Man U lost against Liverpool. But obviously that match was postponed, so we've got to wait at least one more match for City to be crowned champions. One of the things that I thought um, stood out in that match was that um, Sergio Aguero, Kun Aguero, um, came on. Well, he actually started the match. He didn't start many matches these days because he's of injury problems. But he scored an absolutely brilliant goal. 
and he is going to go down in Manchester City history forever um, because the, he, he's just brilliant. He, 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 it's fantastic to watch him, isn't it? He's, 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 yeah, well, it's exciting to watch him. Too. He's really in the he's in the um, messy league. That's how good he is. He is a great player. Um, yes, he's a, he's, a good, he's a good friend of Messi's, actually. They're both Argentinian. Yeah. And he was the son-in-law of uh, the, the late uh, Diego Maradona. Um, oh, yeah, but he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think most people are the son-in-law of uh, Diego Maradona if they come from Argentina. <laughs> Better move on. Um, now yeah. then, I did think that Brighton would beat Leeds. Uh, you, of course, always tell me that Leeds will win. Uh, the reality of it was that uh, Brighton did win this one 2-0. What did you think of the game? Well, Leeds were without uh, our captain, Liam, uh, Liam Cooper, who's been... He's, he got a red card, so he's out through suspension. And we were out without uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well, through injury. Brighton beat us fair and square. I'll take that on the chin. Um, they played better than we did. They need the points more than we did. Um, full credit to Brighton for winning. Yeah, OK. Um, well, we'll go next to Chelsea. I did think full aim would put a bit more of a fight, actually. Uh, I put him down for a draw. Um, Chelsea won the game and uh, you also thought it could be a draw. And uh, That's really the way Chelsea have improved. They do look very resilient now, don't they? Oh, Chelsea under the new manager, uh, Tuchel. Um, although we've mentioned already in this podcast that it's basically Frank Lampard's team. Um, under this new manager, it they they've turned it completely around, haven't they? Um, I was also expecting more from Full AM because they are still in a relegation position, and unfortunately, after this after this result, it looks like they're going to go down. Um, I thought they would play better or try to play better to save themselves, but uh, there you go. It was two 0 yeah, that's how I felt. I did think that really uh, we expected a bit more from Flame, uh, same as we expected a bit more from Everton. And um, I thought it would be a draw, but um, you did think they would beat Villa. Villa actually beat them 2-1. What did you make of that? Yes, well, that was an interesting one, wasn't it, as well, Vince? Um, Everton was still in with an outside chance of uh, a European position. And although Villa started the season very, very strongly, they, well, I don't think they were a chance, but yeah, Villa um, outplayed Everton at home and won the game one too. Okay, well, um, we'll go next to Newcastle. And like the Everton situation, like the Fulham situ situation, they had lots to play for. Arsenal had less to play for, but they're still in the uh, chances of maybe going to Europe uh, next year. I thought Newcastle should have won this one. You thought the same. Uh, it was Arsenal that won it. Newcastle won, Arsenal two. Yes, well, um, Newcastle are more or less safe now. They, they um, in the month of April, last month, they were one of the teams with the best record. Um, and I think they managed to save themselves, not numerically, but um, they look fairly safe. And as you say, Arsenal, 
Um, they're in the semi-final of the Europa League, but they're having a very dodgy season um, in the Premier League. But uh, Arsenal showed what they can do and, and went out and won in 0 Okay, uh, Liverpool, of course, would have would have been playing Manchester United. The news is coming through that Klopp will be staying with them, despite the fact they probably won't get the Champions League uh, position for next year. We'll go to Spurs, and um, they were playing Sheffield United. Now, I would have thought you'd be playing for your pride. Instead of that, um, it was um, Gareth Bale's little bun bobbing up and down and uh, Spurs winning 4-1. You got this one right because you thought they'd win 3-1. I thought they I thought it should have been a draw, but there we are. Um, what did you make of that game? It was 4-0, wasn't it? Um, um, well, OK, I, I put down 4-1. Maybe it was 4-0. I can't remember. Well, anyway. I can't remember Sheffield United getting a goal in that match, but Gareth Bale, um, now they've got this, um, the, the t- interim manager, um, the young lad called uh, Ryan Mason, he is, is playing Gareth Bale and he got his first hat-trick since, um, I think it was to 2012, when he was playing for Spurs before, last time he got a hat-trick. And yeah, with, with his little butt and everything like that, but he is on form. And um, Sheffield United, as we know, are relegated now. They put on a good performance last week, just after being relegated, but Spurs just wiped them out completely. Um, Spurs are still in with an outside chance place, I think, of uh, a European position. But um, they they played really well. And uh, the Korean guy, uh, Son, He's back on form again. Um, Harry Kane is also on form. So I, I, I think Spurs, with that combination of Kane, Song and uh, Gareth Bale, they, well, next season, if um, they're still playing the same formation, I think they could be really good. But it's like play school, isn't it? I mean, if Gareth Bale turns up and they allow him to sort of play with the best toys, um, uh, he's OK. But, I mean... Quite honestly, I think that, um, you know, if once they sort his head out and he starts thinking like as well as he can play, then he's a really great player. But uh, I've seen too much petulance and you could see that there was a problem between him and the manager, um, the previous incumbent, I mean. And realistically, if the man is there to manage, then really... Uh, I think Bale was probably the wrong party in that one. But there, there again, that was just the way I see it. We'll go to West Brom, Wolves. This was a battle. It was a one-all draw. And we both thought West Brom should have won this one. Uh, that means they are, of course, down. And um, Big Sam, he can go and pursue his career as a bus driver now, can't he? Oh, yes, lad. Samuel can now go and do one, can he? I mean, um, West Brom went down. They didn't go down without a fight, though. Um, as you say, it was, it was like a trench battle, wasn't it, that that, that match? It was a one-all draw. But um, Wolves, obviously, it's local rivalry. And um, there was no love lost, let's face it. Um, both teams were entrenched, went for it, one-all draw, West Brom go down. Yeah, I think that was, um, you know, it was always likely to eventually be the outcome. But I think he's given the club a a reasonable chance and uh, maybe I shouldn't be quite as unkind to him. Uh, We go to Burnley against West 
aim. Tale of two centre forwards, really, this one. And um, I think the Burnley lad does very well. And then we've got this um, Antonio for West Ham, who basically has been a little bit sort of a problem with injuries. David Moyes has done a really good job with West Ham. They are now in one of the driving seats and it could well be that uh, they'll be in the Champions League. What did you think of that one? Well, this was a Monday night match, wasn't it? Uh, evening match uh, against Burnley. Um, Burnley at home. It's, it's never difficult. No, it's never easy to play against Burnley at home, especially uh, um, during the week at night time. Um, I think they're fairly safe at Burnley at the moment. And West Ham, as you say, are definitely going for um, a Champions League position if they can. The um, player mentioned, uh, Mikel Antonio, he scored both of the West Ham goals. And I, I would actually like to see them there. It's, it's not often that you see teams such as West Ham getting a chance at the Champions League, do you? So I, I wish them best of luck. Yeah, I mean, when all said and done, it's been such a weird season that uh, really, you know, you, you, you can be as uh, waxing as lyrically as you like. It's just been a rather ridiculous situation. We all realise that, you know, without the crowds, you're not talking about the same game. But, um, yes, well done to David Moyes, who took a bit of flack after his stints at uh, Manchester United, etc. Let's go to uh, the predictions then. And we start on um, Friday, May the 7th. So tomorrow, Leicester host Newcastle. Now, Newcastle looks like the doomed. Leicester look like they're really up there heading for the stars. How do you see that one ending up? Well, I... I I think Newcastle are fairly safe, to be honest, Vince. Um, they're not going to get into a European position, but I can't see them being relegated either. Um, and Leicester City are, are really on form and really go for it. Um, I will put this down as a 2-1 to Leicester City. OK, I think it's 2-0 to Leicester City, so we're on the same page with that one. Now we come to your boys' leads, and you've just been waxing <laughs> lyrical about another team. Uh, which, of course, is um, Spurs. So you can't have your cake and eat it, can you, Rob? You've now put yourself really into the uh, the trapdoor situation. So who's going to win that one? We are. <laughs> I'll put it down as a 2 nil to Leeds, Vince. OK, well, I put it down as a 2-2. I, I can't really, <laughs> you know, I can't really see it going any other way, but uh, I can't really disagree. Um <laughs> But I do think that um, if you're going to say that Spurs are playing as well as we think they are, and of course it does de depend on whether uh, Gareth Bale gets the first chance to climb into the pay pen and get the best toys. If that's the case, then uh, I can see goals coming from both sides 2-2 then. OK, so um, we'll go to Sheffield United and very, very sorry sort of state of affairs. They've had a torrid season. Crystal Palace are the visitors and that's going to be another difficult task for them. Where do you see that one ending up? Well, as we know, Sheffield United are they're relegated now. Um, Crystal Palace have got nothing to play for either. So I can see this not being a particularly interesting match. Um, I can see it being a one-all draw. 
Okay, right. Well, that doesn't sound too promising. Um, <laughs> well, I might, I might be wrong. It might be, it might be the best match of the season, but uh, <laughs> I it can't doesn't see look that. like it doesn't look like it to me at the moment. <laughs> okay, so you think it's going to be a draw? Yeah. Okay, and I think that Sheffield United will lose one nil. Right. Uh, what do we think of this one? Man City versus Chelsea. That's a difficult no. one. Because yeah, they won't, that, that, yes, yeah, they won't yeah, want yeah. to, especially with the Champions League exactly. coming up and everything like that. That is a very interesting uh, match. I think Man City they they want to get the the league title. They want to win the Premier League as soon as possible. Um, and in this match, they could do it. I think it will be two one to Man City. Okay, uh, where do I think? I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be 1-1. I think mm -hmm. that uh, it's going to be... Look, it's going to be difficult for both. Chelsea have got more to prove, though. So I can't see Chelsea not putting a, a full shift in here. Um, Manchester City, they probably will want to sort of just flex the muscles. I don't think they're going to be too distraught one way or the other. Um, we go to Anfield, which, of course, is really just a training ground like everybody else's home games. The visitors of Southampton. Southampton traditionally are good on the road. Liverpool desperate for points. If they don't win, you may as well just now, here and now, say you're not in Europe. Um, end of story. Yes, indeed. It's a, it's a really crunch match for Liverpool, isn't it? If Liverpool don't win this match, they can wave bye-bye to even a, a Europa League place uh, next season. I think the players will rally round. And I can see Liverpool winning this 3-1. You can? Oh, well, hopefully. <laughs> For you. <laughs> OK, well, I do think they should win it 2-1. Um, I do think that if they don't, well, really, it says it all. I mean... If, if it was just for pride because of the joy that Southampton uh, demonstrated by beating... I mean, the, 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 the manager was almost in seventh heaven when they beat Liverpool. And um, I thought, yeah, you know, if you play for pride... If I was playing for a football team and we'd been beaten by Southampton, who'd been hammered about 9-0 or something by Manchester United and we were beaten by them, I would want to go and make sure they didn't get a double. So that would be my motivation. Will Liverpool be motivated? I bloomin' hope so. OK, 2-1 for Liverpool for my prediction. Wolves are taking on Brighton. Brighton are battling. What do you think's going to happen? Brighton, they are looking as if they, they want to make a better place for themselves in the Premier League. Wolves, strange brew at the moment. You're not too sure what you're getting half the time. Where do you think this one will finish up? I can see this being a, a good fight, actually, a good battle. Um, Wolves, I think, are mathematically safe. Um, Brighton, still, they're not likely to go down. They've got a, they've got a nine-point margin, but... Um, I can see Brighton going out and winning this, actually, uh, because when they play, and when they play freely, they are very, very good um, at Brighton. I can see Brighton win this one too. OK. Well, I've put Brighton down for a 1-2 also, so there we go. We're on the same page at last. Now, <laughs> very interesting game. Aston Villa 
Jack Grealish, will he eventually play again this year? Or was that whisper about the sleeping pills something maybe a little bit more uh, realistic? He's not been playing. The visitors are Manchester United. Aston Villa, how are they going to get on? I think it'll be Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 2. Right, well, that Jack Grealish story about the uh, sleeping tablets... Um, I mean, that was in February now, but he hasn't played since, has he? Um, so that, that it, it looks very suspicious to me. Hopefully, it, it'll be okay. But um, yeah, I can see Man United winning that 1-2 uh, as well, to be honest. Yeah, because really, um, it is a very strange one. Uh, he's a hellishly influential player. And really, you know unless they're keeping him back for maybe European duty. But having said that, he's not going to be match fit. So it doesn't make sense. Um, that was was uh, Eric's comment, which I agree yeah. with. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll listen to uh, your podcast with Eric later on, as I always do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, Jack Grealish's fellow players um, are quite worried about um, the situation because... He's involved in his personal life, not his, he's not his playing career. And um, I just wish him all the best. OK. Prediction. I've put Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 2 and yours. Oh, Aston Villa 1, Man United 2 as well. OK. Uh, West Ham take on Everton. West Ham in the ascendancy now. It really, really beggars belief that they could lose this one although Everton are again they're very very difficult to predict which way they'll go I think that this one will be a draw although I won't be surprised if West Ham really do take this one and win it well but I think Everton have got to do something you can't play this badly week in and week out um, and then play phenomenal football in another game so what do you think will happen on this one well, I think West Ham are going to go full out because they, they're still wanting to get into a Champions League position, aren't they? Um, I can see this being a 2-1 win to West Ham. OK, uh, right. Uh, we go next to Arsenal against West Brom. Arsenal, they can improve their position maybe. West Brom really can't. So, I can't really see anything other than an Arsenal win. 2-1 for me. Yeah, I think that um, now that uh, West Brom um, have been relegated, they are not going to put up much of a fight. Arsenal are not going anywhere either, but they have got the um, still got the Europa League um, situation going on and they seem to be improving throughout the season. So, I would put this down as a 2-0 to Arsenal. Okay, and we look at the last of the games then, although by the time we get to Tuesday, there will have been a few others played. Tuesday and Wednesday, there's a few played, but I think we've got enough on our plates um, for the moment. Um, Unless I give you a call beforehand, we'll see what time I get. Fulham take on Burnley. So Burnley from the frozen wastes, they will be able to take off the tights and the gloves and the hats and bobble hats and scarves and everything and enjoy maybe a little warmer climate down in London. Um, Full aim, I've still got something to play for. Um, Burnley are always difficult. 
I'm going to leave you to go first on this one. Right. Well, Thalaya have really got to win this one, haven't they? They're, they're um, nine points adrift at the moment. Burnley are, are, are relatively safe. I think Fulham have got to go for this one. They're playing at home. Um, although there's no crowd, they'll be playing for pride and to try and keep themselves up. I can actually see Fulham winning this 2-0. Two, two I'll put... A two nil. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, funny enough, I think that Fulham will win it because, quite honestly, um, I just think that they've, for some reason, they've seem to be getting stronger. You know, as the season's coming towards its end, they do seem a, a much better team to me. Uh, Sean Dyche has been there for quite a while, so you know he, he does something that um, obviously motivates the players. There, they probably. By the time they get up there, it's so cold. It's probably they'll all sit round fires all weekend, you know, until the next game uh, with their bobble hats on and everything. But, you know, we'll see what happens. OK, well, look, um, <laughs> it's been a very, very interesting sort of period of time. Um, interesting for the wrong reasons. We started off by looking at Daly and Atkinson, and it must be awful for people who have known him uh, to read about um, problems again uh, of a mental variety as well. Uh, it, it does seem rather strange nobody's mentioned heading when it came to something like that because he was an attacking forward, wasn't he? Oh, yes, he went, he went in hard. I mean, uh, he was an impressive footballer um, back, in, back in his playing days. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Vince, it's a very tragic situation. Both... Uh, Daly and Atkinson's family, but also for the uh, police officers involved, because they were they were just they, they were called out to uh, an emergency response situation, and things were out of hand. Um, nobody wins in that situation. Very sad all round. Okay, and uh, on a final note, then, what is the mood like down at San Juan? Uh, when I visited Denia during the week, everybody was masked up there. In fact, it just—I uh, really do get very surprised seeing people sitting alone in a car with a mask on. I really don't understand that one. I mean, if you're going to be anywhere away from uh, germs, surely your own car has got to be as safe a sanctuary as anywhere else. And, you know, walking along the prom in Denia, um, you just see practically everybody with masks on. It's almost uh, as if nobody bothers or has read that this sort of um, mask situation is actually harming your own immunity. I don't understand it, but I do read of possible uh, relaxations coming up starting on the 9th which is only three days away. I wonder how many mutants will suddenly find variants on this particular next couple of days. I have my doubts, but maybe, just maybe, by the next time we talk, maybe things will have dramatically changed and we'll all be able to go out and see each other's faces again. What do you think? Well, um, at the moment, the uh, Valencian, Valencian community and Alicante province um, especially, we have the lowest contagion rate of uh, coronavirus in the whole of Spain. And it is, compared to all the statistics in other countries, it is also very low as well. Um, 
We... Okay, 40 seconds only. Uh, 40 seconds, Rob. I've got to pressurise you, so we'll go for yeah. a result. Will the masks come off on the 9th? Yes or no? no? I don't think the masks are not going to come off on the 9th. We might um, have um, an extra hour or two, possibly on the curfew, which means that we'll be able to actually watch full matches um, in, in sports bars. But the masks are not going to come off on the 9th, no way. OK, we'll go to our last five seconds. Time for me to say stay safe and have a great week. And you, Vince. My pleasure, always.